We want to welcome you to this third podcast of the Finding Clarity podcast. We're so excited that you are listening today. This is our third episode in a series, hopefully, of future episodes where we try to answer questions that people might have about Christianity. We've had a pretty good response so far with our first two podcasts. Our first one was concerning the question of why is the church filled with hypocrites? And last week we looked at the question of should a Christian or a believer fear the judgment? If you listen to those podcasts, you kind of have an idea of what we're trying to accomplish with our podcast. But maybe you're listening today for the first time and you're like, wow, I'd like to listen to those podcasts as well. You can find those on several different avenues. You can find them on our Facebook page, which is basically facebook.com slash finding clarity podcast and you'll come to our page you can also find it on itunes simply just look up finding clarity or on google play and you'll see that you can subscribe to our podcast there or you can go to our website which is www.kerwinsvillechristian.org and right on the front page there you'll see uh, where it says Finding Clarity Podcast, and if you just click on that link, you can go and access our episodes there. What we're basically trying to do with the Finding Clarity Podcast is simply provide an opportunity to answer questions. We've noticed that in the past that really you can come to our services and so forth and attend our Bible studies, but it may not necessarily provide an opportunity to answer questions that you have or that you're facing because your friends are asking those questions. So we're trying to seek to answer those questions in this podcast. So kind of to give you a, re- a frame of reference to what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks, today and the next few weeks, we're going to look today and as well as next week at the question of why should I trust the Bible? Very important question. We're going to look at that today and next week. But then we're also going to look at the question that I, you know, I've faced, have faced a lot of times in my ministry because this is something that people are concerned about is have I committed the unpardonable sin? We're going to look at that three weeks from now. So today we're going to focus on the issue of can I trust the Bible today and next week? So we're going to look at this question. We're going to really take it in several parts. We're going to first of all look at the issue of why do we need to answer this question? Why is this such an important question? Then we're going to look at the issue of why the Bible is reliable. So we're going to right up front just kind of present to you the concepts of why the Bible should be looked at as as reliable. Then we're going to spend the rest of our time answering numerous questions that I've received concerning the Bible. We're going to start that this week. And then next week, we're going to launch into the rest of the questions concerning the issue of the Bible. So let's first of all look at the issue of why this is an important question. This is an important question because everything that you and I as Christians believe concerning Jesus Christ, concerning God and how he operates in this world, and concerning the salvation that we have through Jesus Christ, comes to us through what is revealed in the Bible. So, if there is a question concerning the reliability and the trustworthiness of the Bible, then that's really going to 
throw into question everything that we believe about God, about Jesus, and the salvation that he offers us. If there's some sort of question there as far as it, the credibility of the Bible, then that's really going to throw into to question our credibility as believers concerning what we believe. In fact, that's kind of the argument that Paul makes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where he talks about the issue of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because he says, if there is no resurrection, then we're basically just spreading a lie. We're basically believing something that everybody else in the world should look at us as simply being, look at us with pity that we would believe something like that. In fact, that's what people do look. They look at Christians and they they shake their heads like, I can't believe that you would believe that because they don't believe in the credibility or the reliability of the scripture. So this is an important question because all that we know about Jesus, God, and the concept of salvation that we hold to hinges on what we believe about the Bible. So when we look at this question concerning whether or not I can trust the Bible, it's an important question because how I answer it is going to impact my faith, what I believe, and whether or not I truly trust what the Bible says about Jesus, whether or not I truly trust what the Bible says about God, and whether or not I truly trust what the Bible says about my salvation, about the forgiveness of sins, and about my eternal hope later on. So this is a really important question that we need to know the answer for. So let's try to answer the question. So first of all, what I'm going to do is kind of really bring to you several things that first of all talk about the reliability of the Bible. Why can I say that I can trust the Bible? First of all, when you look at the Bible as a whole, you need to understand several things about the Bible. The Bible is not just one book. It is a book, but it's really a book of books. It's actually one book that we call the Bible, but it's actually divided into two parts, which are the Old and New Testaments, what Christians would call the Old and New Testaments, that really consist of 66 books that were written over a period of 1,500 years by 40 different writers. And these books were written primarily in three different languages. The Old Testament is primarily written in Hebrew, although the book of Daniel also is written, part of it is written in Aramaic. And then there's the New Testament, which was written in Koine Greek, or a Greek language. So what we see is, is that with these 66 books, then in what we know of as the Bible, there is a consistency. What do I mean by that? Well, there is a unifying, a single unifying theme throughout all of those 66 books. And that theme and those books don't contradict themselves. They actually complement themselves. This is unlike other religious books that we find in the world today. So we know that the Bible is is reliable, even though it's been written over such a long period of time, 1,500 years, because of its consistency. Another aspect of the reliability of that is the fact that archaeology shows us that the Bible is consistent. What do you mean by that? Well, the Bible is accurate because it's been confirmed by 
archaeology and is continuing to be affirmed as accurate by archaeology. Countless archaeological discoveries in the Middle East, specifically in Palestine, support the historic and cultural references in the Bible. So, for instance, for the longest time, many archaeological scholars and Middle Eastern scholars doubted the existence of King David. But recent archaeological studies are showing us that through finds right now in the Middle East and in Israel, they are showing us that there were persons such as David and King Solomon, which long ago they were simply excused away as simply maybe myths or folklore or beyond what they truly were. But we are seeing that there is a house of David and a kingdom of David. The other thing about scripture that makes us understand that the Bible is reliable is the issue of prophecy. Prophecy in the Bibles have been fulfilled with remarkable accuracy and can be verified by history. Many non-biblical sources confirm the events that are described in the scriptures that we know of as the Bible. For instance, the Jewish historian Josephus would testify to many of the things that we would hold to as far as the accuracy of prophecy. Another way that we can look at the issue of the reliability of the Bible is the fact of the eyewitnesses who wrote some of the books of the Bible. The Bible was written, parts of the Bible were written by eyewitnesses shortly after the events that they recorded. This is true of three of the Gospels. The Gospels, three of the Gospels were written by eyewitnesses in short periods of time, typically within 10, 15, 20 years after the events that took place. In fact, we also see that one of the Gospels, John, was written by an eyewitness within the first 70 years after the events of that were listed in that text. And that's very, very much accurate in its reflection of what was going on. We should also note that they were willing to die for what they testified of. So they wrote down what they saw and they were willing to die for what they testified of. Another aspect of the reliability of scriptures that oftentimes is called into question is concerning how do we know that the Bible we have today is the Bible from long ago. How do we know that? Well, there are thousands of copies of the biblical manuscripts that exist today. Thousands of them. And they continue to find more and more fragments here and there. Archaeology is, is finding more and more fragments to reflect the consistency of the scripture. And what we see is, is that of all of these thousands of manuscripts, there is a 99.5% consistency between those scriptures. There's consistency. And this is unlike the fact that that kind of consistency does not exist with classics such as those that were written by Plato or Aristotle. There's not that kind of consistency, nor do we have that many manuscripts that are found right now of what they have written. So what we see is, is that the Bible is reliable and something that you and I should be looking at.
Now, typically in the United States, in North America, and in our Western nations, we have a mindset that basically says that the Bible is just like any other religious book from any other religion. And so, why should we pay attention to the Bible more than we should pay attention to any other book that's out there? And this is typically a thought that Westerners have, especially North Americans have, and it comes really partly out of their, their arrogance as well as their ignorance. And I would say chiefly out of their ignorance. Why? Because North Americans have a tendency to think that all religions are the same. That is not true. And we can discuss that in another question episode further on down the road. But when it comes to the issue of what makes the Bible different than other religious books, we need to understand that, first of all, the Bible claims to be God's Word directly revealed to men. God's Word directly revealed to men. In Peter's second epistle, in the first chapter, verse 21, it says this, For prophecy never came by the will of men, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So even though these books were written by human writers, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what they wrote. And so we would say that the Bible, unlike other books, are directly inspired by God himself. Now someone would say, well, that could be true of the Quran. Well, the Quran was written by the prophet Muhammad as he received it through the angel Gabriel. But when it comes to other writings, such as Confucian, Confucianism or Buddhism or Hinduism, they never claim to be God's revelation. They only claim to be written from a human perspective. The Bible itself very much claims to be directly from God. The reason why we would say the Bible sets itself apart from the Quran is that the Bible is very consistent and does not contradict itself, unlike the Quran does. So we would say that the Bible is very much different than other religious books. So having looked at the reliability of the scripture and what sets it part, apart from the other writings of, of other religions, let's kind of take a look at some issues that basically have been presented to us, some other questions in our remaining time here together. I think the first question that we're going to look at right now is that the Bible has been translated and retranslated so many times. How can we know what it actually said originally? Well, the answer to that is, is this. Translations are simply that. They are translations of old manuscripts. And the fact of the matter is, is that we have thousands of old manuscripts, both Hebrew manuscripts and Greek manuscripts. And as I've already mentioned, there is a 99.5% consistency between those documents. So when you and I pick up a translation, so for instance, in our church, we use a New King James translation. You maybe are using an an English Standard Version, an ESV, or an NIV, a New International Version, or maybe you're using the 
King James Version, or what's known as the Authorized Version, you can know that there is pretty much a 99.5% consistency in the documents that are used to translate those documents. The inconsistencies are very minor, and most of the modern translations will put footnotes in the Bible that reflect the inconsistencies be between manuscripts. And oftentimes that is not very many, and they don't hinge on, and no major doctrine hinges on those, those inconsistencies. And they're not very many. So when I pick up a translation, the, the significance in the difference in translations has nothing to do with the manuscript that's behind it, but maybe there might be a difference in the word that was chosen to translate either the Hebrew word or the Greek word, or in, in the case of Daniel, the Aramaic word that was used in those original documents. It should be noted that when we talk about translations, Typically, it's not just one person sitting down and translating those scriptures from the original into our modern English. It is typically done by a group of scholars who are looking at that and consulting among themselves as far as which word is being used. So whatever translation you are using, it's going to pretty much reflect what's being said. Now, having talked about translations for a moment, I need to tell you that there are three different types of translations. And so the accuracy of what's communicated is going to be reflected in those three different types of translations. So first of all, there are exact translations. So there are certain translations of the Bible which are precise word-for-word -word translations. That would include the New American Standard Bible, the King James Bible, the New King James Bible, the English Standard Version, those are all what would be known as precise translations. The second type is what's called a dynamic equivalent. That's basically a thought-for-thought -thought translation. Primarily, it's going to be precise in most of it, but they're going to be communicating the thought of the passage. That would be the New International Version, or versions like that. And then you have what's known as a paraphrase. That's where somebody has taken a precise translation and paraphrased it in such a way to reflect the meaning of the text so that you and I can understand it. Years ago, it was very popular for people to read the Living Bible. Now, these days, there is also the message, which was written by Eugene uh, Peterson. That's his translation, which is a paraphrase. All of those are fairly accurate, and you can trust what's being said there. But I would give more credibility to a more precise translation, such as the ESV, the New King James, the New American Standard, even the King James Bible. Those are Bibles that you can be sure that you are getting what's being written there. So, you need to understand, even though the Bible has been retranslated, and the reason why it's being retranslated is simply because in the English language is changing continually. And we know that even words that were how they were used 20 years ago and how they're being used now. And so we don't need to worry about that. How is the Bible the Word of God if it's written by men? Again, I would refer back to 
Second Peter chapter 1, verse 21. Prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Even though they were the Bible was written by human authors, they were moved by the Holy Spirit of God to write what they wrote for us. It was given to us for purpose of instruction. So we need to re- understand that. One other question that was given here is, how is it that the gospel writers were able to recall so many specific details if they didn't write them until many years after they had happened? Well, two reasons why. Number one, when you talk about the the instance of Matthew, and when you talk about the instance of John, they were eyewitnesses to the events that were written in their gospels. So they would be recalling what what they themselves had seen. Now, when you talk about Mark and you talk about Luke, they would also be going upon what was shared with them by others. And they would be writing those down. And you would say, okay, well, there's the possibility that maybe they got it wrong. Well, you need to understand that in the ancient cultures versus our cultures, they had a very strong tradition of oral tradition of how they relayed stories orally they would be be a consistency there in the stories that were shared orally with each other. So they're able to recall these specific stories because they're being consistently shared orally within the church. And we see that as the tradition of oral translation exists in many cultures and is shown to be reliable. So we want to make that point with you as well. This is just a couple of the questions. There's a lot more, a lot more questions that we can deal with. We're going to take a look at those in the next podcast. We're going to look next week at what about the Bible and science? How can I trust the Bible when it comes to the issue of science? We're also going to look at some other questions concerning the Bible and hopefully we'll answer the question for you concerning whether or not we can trust the Bible. You know, as we do the Finding Clarity podcast, we want to encourage you to share these with your friend. And you can do that through many ways. You can, first of all, tell them about the podcast. Tell them where to find it. They can find it on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Podcast. They can do it there. If you're on Facebook, you can share. We would encourage you to go to our page and share the podcast on your wall so that others know about it. Uh, we would also encourage you to tell others about the podcast by that they can subscribe to it through iTunes or Google Play. Oftentimes, one of the ways that you can share is just simply liking it. It's going to show up in your feed. So we would encourage you to do that. If you have questions that you want answered, maybe this has raised more questions about the Bible that I've not addressed here, and you would like to have those questions answered, we would encourage you to leave us some feedback. You can do that on the Facebook page, or you can go to our website, www.kerwinsvillechristian.org, go to the contact page, and there is a form there that you can fill out and submit a question. You can even do that anonymously, and we would try to answer your question. You can also talk to us at church. If you're attending our services, we would encourage you to come up and uh, either put write down the question, slip it in the offering, the guys will get it to me, or you can come and talk directly to me. 
If you don't attend church anywhere and you're thinking about attending church or would like to know more about church, we would encourage you to attend our services at Kerwinsville Christian Church in Kerwinsville, 700 State Street. We meet Sunday mornings. Our, our worship service is at 1045 in the morning. It's basically a come-as-you-are service, so we don't really care how you dress. Our service is very contemporary. We don't really care about your background. We want to be a church of real people where anyone can come and find Jesus Christ and learn to walk in obedience to him. So we would encourage you to come out. So we hope that you'll be listening next week as we continue on in our topic concerning trusting the Bible. But until then, we trust that you'll have a good week. Take care.